Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Joel read so beautifully to us this morning with such confidence and boldness. And well done to you, Joel, for stepping out in faith. Um, And it isn't easy, but we're reminded of the promise of God at Christmas time, the promise of Christmas. You know, it's a reminder of God's faithfulness, faithfulness, faithfulness in bringing a Messiah to our lives. It's a time where we can be encouraged to let our hearts hope again and to have hope afresh in our souls and our spirit that the God who promises is faithful. And if you've ever walked or are walking in a season of difficulty where you're wondering where the promise is, today is a reminder that God is a promise keeper, that when he promises something to us in his word, that that will always be accomplished, that there will never be a time where God's faithful word is broken. I think the whole world would spin off its axis and fall and tumble into lostness, into blackness, into darkness if God was to ever break his promise. But he is not a man or a human or a person that would lie. And he is faithful. You know, throughout the Old Testament, God begins to drop hints of a Messiah that would come. Of a time where, as Joel, you know, so beautifully read this morning, where the law would not have to govern people, that people would not have to come with sacrifices of their animals, of offerings, of times, where they would have to, for themselves, earn an atonement for their sin. But one would come and lift lift off the weight of humanity's shoulders, where we had to carry for ourselves the burden of our sin. But there would come a child born to Mary. And Isaiah is the key Old Testament prophet used to predict or foretell. I don't like the word foretell because it sounds like it's a fortune teller, but prophesy of the coming Messiah, of hope that would come, of a baby called Emmanuel, God with us. Isaiah 7 prophesies that a young woman would come and she would carry the Messiah and his name would be Emmanuel for God would be with us. And I think it's so, so gutsy of Isaiah, you know, the pressure to have to prophesy about a coming Messiah. You know, when um, Just Need was here just a few weeks ago, and I felt the tension in the room and I, I loved it and felt awkward all at the same time when so boldly, and I want him to sit down with me and say, Justin, teach me how to boldly hear and prophesy and put yourself on the edge. And so he, remember he came and he said, is there a plumber in the room? And nobody put their hand up and I wanted to be a plumber in that moment. I wanted to put my hand up and said, I'm not, and I have no desire to be. But if it's going to help something happen in the room, then I'll be a plumber for the day. And he wasn't phased, 
But the room, I felt the room feel awkward for him as like we all hoped that there was a plumber in the room. And Kurt put his hand up. Is Kurt here this morning? Didn't know you were half Maltese. My people. I knew I liked you for a reason, Kurt. I was like, oh, how good's that? And he begins to speak life over Kurt in that moment. And the whole room went, oh, thank goodness Kurt is here this morning. And maybe Isaiah felt a little bit the same. He's like, I'm kind of going out on a, on a limb here. There's going to be this girl. She's going to have this baby. We're going to call him Emmanuel. But the book of Isaiah unfolds more of the prophecy of this coming king, this promise and not just a promise for Christmas but a promise for all of eternity that this child would come and he would redeem his people and he would save us from our sins and he would restore to us the relationship with God that was broken over time through humanity's sin and this beautiful prophecy in Isaiah 9 and the title in the NLT is Hope in the Messiah and there is hope today And you know, this morning I prophesy and speak and encourage my own heart today. Forever I'm walking in a season that they wish they weren't walking in. There is hope in the Messiah. And Isaiah 9 verse 9 starts with this sentence. And nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. And there is hope for every person here today that the troubles that you find yourself walking in, they will not go on forever because there is a promise, there is a saviour, there is hope in one that is greater than us, greater than our circumstance, greater than anything we could ever face in our lives. The promise of Christmas, the promise of Emmanuel, God walking with us in every day and every season. It says the land of Zebulon and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when... Sorry, I will say that I have had work on my eyes this week and the lights are a bit dimmer because I'm struggling to see, but you just bear with me. I can read. I promise, I promise you that. Um, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep, deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel. We still pray for Israel. We pray for the peace as the Bible encourages us to do. And its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift their heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burnt and there will be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. It's the passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. And this is the faithfulness of our God that he made this happen, that he made a way. 
and we celebrate. And this, you know, these are um, scriptures that we read at Christmas time, and we often do this. And there are scriptures that we read at Easter time, but these are scriptures that should actually govern and uh, reign over and rule over our hearts from January to December. That we serve a God, that we serve Jesus, who's wonderful counsellor. If you need counsel right now, he is the wonderful counsellor. He's the one who speaks life over you. He's the one who draws close. He's the one who brings wisdom. He's the one who guides and leads. He will be called mighty God. And there is nothing that your God cannot do. There is no situation that your God cannot change. There is nothing that is too hard for our God. Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. And to everybody who needs peace in their hearts, in their lives, in their circumstances, today, this Christmas season and beyond, we serve a God who brings us peace. And his government and his peace will know no end. There is no limitation to the peace that God can bring to your heart. You know, Isaiah 53, this is the the Easter passage that we read, the death of Jesus for the atonement of our sins. And it goes on, Isaiah goes on. And after after the, the prophecies from Isaiah, it is estimated that there is a gap of between 500 to 700 years before the birth of Jesus. And to everyone today who feels like there's a gap between the promise and the fulfillment of the promise. You know, Israel and humanity yearned for something to come, to rescue them, to redeem them. The life um, that Isaiah prophesied, they yearned and they waited and all of humanity groaned under the weight of their own sin for someone to come, for someone to redeem them, for someone to rescue them. And you know, today, if you feel like there's a gap, you might feel like, man, it's felt like 500 to 700 years. Maybe you had a prophecy or a promise from God's word years and years and years ago that you're still holding on to. I want to encourage you today to not give up, to not give up on on God, to not give up on the promise. You might feel like you're walking in a wilderness time and you're like, when will the promised land ever get here? I feel like I'm walking in circles around and around and around. Today, I want to encourage you to put your hope and to put your trust in God. Because even though sometimes it feels like he's silent, even though sometimes it feels like he's forsaken you, even though sometimes it feels like he's... Yes, Lord? (laughs) He's not silent. He's there. It sounded like a bit like a knock. Maybe that's the rock climbing wall or something fun happening out there. Um, But God has not given up on his promise and he's certainly not given up on you. You are the object of his affection, the apple of his eye, and he's working all things together for your good. And I've been listening to this song and a part of the tag is if it's not good, then he hasn't finished working. And it's so true because until it's good, until he's glorified, until a way has been made, God is still working on our behalf. You know, Isaiah again in Isaiah 55.10, you know, his word never returns void. It says, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, 
but it will accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I have sent it. You know, though Habakkuk says, though it tarry, though it linger, though you wait, don't give up. Wait for it for the, in the right time, God will bring it forth. And it's hard sometimes to trust in the timing of God. It's hard sometimes to trust that he is a good father who longs to bring good gifts to his children. But in those seasons and in those times where you're waiting for the promise, I want to encourage you to continue to encourage your soul to bless the Lord. Because despite what we walk in, despite what we face, he is still worthy of all of our praise and all of our honour to remind ourselves that he is good, that he is loving, that he is faithful. And today I want to encourage you to be reminded that, that he is a faithful God. You know, last week when we had our baptism and it was such a beautiful day. I know it's probably extra special for us because our daughter was being baptised, but just across all of our locations to see, you know, Dan and I were sent photos of people in Justin and Bethany's pool in our Campbelltown location being baptised. And then in Townsville, where did they do theirs in Townsville? In someone's pool. And at Blue Mountains, Dave and Emma have a pool. Mate, lucky to have a pass to have a pool. We need a new house with a pool, babe, don't we? That's what I'm getting from this message today. (laughs) Time to upgrade the house and get a pool in the backyard. Um, But just what an encouragement to see all of our locations having and making disciples and seeing them baptised. I thought it was probably warmer here than in the backyard pools, although in the backyard pools you could have successfully baptised Liam and had all of his his hair wet. Um, And are you thumbs upping or thumbs downing? Thumbs up. So actually from last week, we're actually doing another baptism next Sunday, because already, yes, already we've had people come, about four or five people already indicated that they'd like to be baptised, so we're like, why not? This is what we're here for, to make disciples, to see people serve and love the Lord. So if you haven't been baptised and you would like to, please speak to Mel or to Dan or to myself and um, we we can make that happen for next week. What was I saying besides the backyard pool? Why was I saying the backyard pool? Great Sunday. Oh, that's right. Thanks, Ken. Ken's listening. Well done, Ken. And I just, you know, said a few things over Ivy and mentioned how she was such a miracle. You know, for years we couldn't conceive this child and we prayed and we hoped and we sought treatment and we cried and we cried And I cried and cried and cried and Dan patted me on the back and patted me on the back. It's going to be all right. We're going to make it. And we we had thought for a long time about the name. We'd like to, when once we did fall pregnant, Dan was like, I'm not talking about any names until we know we're actually having a baby. You know, girls, I had a list in my phone of all the... All the names that I wanted. Didn't couldn't really settle on many boys' names, actually, which didn't matter in the end. Um... And so we had decided that we would call this little girl Lucy, funnily enough. It wasn't going to be Ivy. And then I don't know if the Parisamis are here this morning. Six weeks before our Lucy, they had a Lucy, which was fine. They, they didn't know we were going to call her Lucy. Um, but we uh, were not related. So Varnon's sister 
is Shanti, you might know her, and my brother is James, they're married. So we're like, the cousins are going to have two Lucys, there's going to be two Lucy girl cousins, which is like maybe a bit much. And so Dan was like, that's all right, we'll pick a new name. I'm like, uh, okay, that's, that's not in the plan either, but sure, we'll pick a new name. And he said, why don't you make a list and pick 10 names, I'll shorten it to three, and then you can decide in the end. I was like, okay, awesome. So we had set a list of names and he's like, I actually don't, don't overly love any of these, okay? <laughs> that wasn't in the you pick 10, I'll pick three, you go from there. But anyway, never mind. And so one day just sitting on the lounge, literally the name Ivy just happened to pop into my head and I said to Dan, what about the name Ivy? And he was like, oh, yeah, I actually really like that. And that was... That was like an angel may have well appeared in my lounge room that day and confirmed that name because he's never been, you know, for him that was excitement about a name. So I was like, all right, let's, but we both said, all right, we have to actually look up the meaning before we can decide because if it means like black snake or something, we can't, (laughs) we can't do that. Um, Anyway, so as we began to look it up, the, I don't know, it's a flower, it's a, leaf it's a plant ivy plant ivy leaf I don't know the actual botanic definition of what it is Um, but it talked about you know a vine growing strong whatever but it also talked about in um, like kind of viking days ivy was exchanged at wedding ceremonies so it was an exchange as a promise of faithfulness I will be I will be faithful to you and you will be faithful to me and we're like that's it Because even though the season was difficult, even though the time was hard, we knew as we looked back that the faithful hand of God had been there the whole time. And lots of you, I just want to encourage you that you will look back in seasons of your life and you will see the faithful hand of God that has never run out, that has never stopped, that has never um, not extended towards you. His loving faithfulness has always been upon you and it always will be, even in seasons that we don't understand. And sometimes there won't be explanations for many things that we face and walk through. But again, we commend our souls to bless the Lord, to speak well of him, to trust him and to trust that he is good and that he has a a hope and a future for our lives. You know, I want to read this one last scripture to us and I just think it's just so beautiful And the picture that I kind of saw as I was preparing this message was many people sitting around their Christmas tree and you're not disqualified if you don't have a Christmas tree. It's just kind of metaphorical. And when you put the the lights on and it's kind of like a calming thing, it probably evokes lots of memories as well for lots of us about, you know, childhood Christmas and if you had a good Christmas in childhood. For us, we had a big family that we would see every Christmas and it was always such a a great time. So Christmas evokes lots of beautiful memories for me. But I saw lots of people in their kind of spirit sitting around a Christmas tree. And when you sit around a Christmas tree, once all the work is done and the lights are up and the decorations are there, you just actually get to enjoy it. You get to flick the switch on, the lights come on, especially at night when the kids are in bed and that's like a metaphor of your kids climbing up the wall. That I was like, school holidays are here. Your kids are about to send you up the wall, that's for sure. Let's get all their energy out there. But that you would actually enter a season of resting in God's faithfulness, 
of resting in his promise, knowing that, you know, between five to 700 years, Israel waited and all of humanity waited. But then the promise arrived. This beautiful baby born in a manger. Anyone watch the Star movie, that kid's show? Only four people are nodding. If you have, don't have kids, you probably have not. But it's beautiful. It's the Christian story. I think it's on Disney or something. But the Christian story of, you know, Jesus being born. And it makes Ivy and I so emotional every time. Just the the way that he was hunted down and pursued and it was so difficult for him to be born, for Mary and Joseph to find a place, you know, all these obstacles along the way. And lots of times you and I will face lots of obstacles in the way of God's promise. But God is able and he is capable of bringing a miracle to your life. And in this Christmas season, whether you're sitting around a physical Christmas tree or not, I want to encourage you to rest in the faithfulness of God. That you don't need to strive, you don't need to struggle. You know, oftentimes when things happen in our lives, we try and work out the formula to get the promise. Or is there a certain Bible verse that I need to read? Is there a certain prayer that I need to pray? Is there a certain thing that God wants me to do? And I just really feel in this season, you know, Christmas is such a busy season and time for events and life whatever, all of it. And lots of it is, is fantastic. But I encourage you to allow your soul to rest in him, to find a place to be calm, to find a place where you just confidently acknowledge God is for me. God is working. God is going to bring about his promise in the same way that, and you know, sometimes I'm sure as Jesus grew, there was lots of Jewish people who thought, is this really the promise? Is this really the fulfilment? Is he really going to overthrow this Roman empire that's oppressing us? Is this really it? And sometimes God shows up in our lives in ways that we didn't expect or we thought we envisaged it a totally different way. But when we trust God, we allow him to work in the way that he deems best for our lives. So I just want to read this. Why don't you close your eyes this morning? Might get Matt. Thanks, Matt. And this is Hebrews 6, 18 to 19. This is the Passion Translation. It says, So it is impossible for God to lie, for we know that his promise and his vow will never change. And now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. And this is where we find his strength and comfort for he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time an unshakable hope we have this certain hope like a strong unbreakable anchor holding ourselves to God himself just want to read this bit again and now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness and this is where we find his strength and comfort We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.